band competed on Charlie Daniels' Talent Roundup broadcast on the Nashville Network, and on July 8, 1995, they were announced as the big prize winners to the tune of $25,000. Something in the water taught me how to crawl Something in the water taught me Hey y'all, welcome to another Something in the Water podcast. I'm your co-host, Uncle Dave Griffin, along with Sean Clark. Sean, tell them who we got in the room today. We got Mr. George Farr and Bob Tanner here, two musicians. Glad to be here. Waycross musicians. Good. Blackshear musicians. Blackshear. Well, actually, I was born in Waycross. Local. (laughs) Yeah, y'all have both lived in Waycross previously. uh, But now you're... uh, Counties away. Yeah. Cross Next. the river. Cross yeah. the river. That's right. And old friends of mine. I've picked with y'all and yeah. uh, shortly. You know, it yeah. might not have been long-lasting uh, groups or anything, but we've uh, passed the times with uh, guitars and keyboards. Uh, <clears throat> George is a keyboard player. Yeah. Uh First and foremost, you probably play the guitar too. I would very imagine. little, very little. Play it left-handed, upside harmonica. down, backwards. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah I do a pretty good harmonica too. Yeah, okay, um, my favorite instrument is the Hammond B three. I love it. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, it's just a mighty B. Mm-hmm. I just love it. <clears throat> yeah. And of course, Bob is guitar player and bass player in many groups. And you play anything else besides stringed instruments? I know you pretty well got me there. Can never figure out the drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I reckon I knew you more than I knew you to begin with. Because uh, when I was in. And those uh, for, that are listening, he knows Bob. <laughs> yeah. Knew yeah. Bob. I keep forgetting about our you one uh, you audio listeners out there. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> I knew Bob first, and around uh, 74, I started uh, uh, taking a course out there at Waycross Wear Tech, and you were in forestry, weren't you? In forestry. Yeah. <clears throat> and long about break time, around 10, 10.30 in the morning, or, or lunchtime, somewhere around there, we'd gather in the... Uh, Commons or whatever they call it, it is a damn uh, uh, concrete picnic table in the middle of the concourse, the wings, the concourse, and we took to uh, bringing our guitars sometime. Yeah, I didn't realize that Mike Johnson he went there too, but it might have been a, a different year. I don't remember him playing so much, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, mm-hmm. did a lot in the concourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was impressed that Ray was doing original. I was wanting to do original, so we uh, kind of might have been the kickoff right there. You of, weren't writing back then? 
I was writing some. I think yeah. you've come by the house on I Real did. Street. You invited me to the house after school one day, and uh, uh, played some of your originals to me at that point. Yeah, we were both into the original song concept. This would have been around 74. And then uh, <clears throat> I went off and joined, uh, dropped out of school about two weeks before graduating. Went on the road playing Eddie Middleton and them. And what did you do at that point, right around 74? Did you finish your school? I finished the school and uh, actually uh, went to work for the government. Uh, did forestry. you did you apply your yeah forestry? Okay, so yeah, smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, something I enjoyed doing. My granddaddy yeah. did it. My daddy was a carpenter, so the wood. Which wood was of, wood was in your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, what you're saying about y- y'all are both early on in as musicians, and y'all right. are both into songwriting. I was too when I started. Yeah. That was what I was most interested in. Was that same, same for you? Same with me. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you? Because all musicians aren't aren't like that. Uh, most of them take into just being virtuoso and learning. <clears throat> All the hard, you know, they, I always went for the, let's try to write something. Every time I sat down with something. What do you reckon the difference is with that? Well, I started off on the uh, rhythm guitar, you know. Yeah, and at what age? Just before you met me. Really? Okay. Yeah. During high well, that school. Was same with me, because I didn't start. Not serious, where I more five chords, you know. 72 was when I. Really started getting familiar with it when I was in high school, which I graduated in '76. I my parents got a grand piano, a baby grand piano, and that's when I started. Yeah, just you were drawn just, to it. Yeah, just uh, yeah, you know, something to do, and went in there and I say, "This is fun." You know, mm-hmm. now I played trumpet in uh, high school, and man. yeah, went on playing jazz band at VSC College and all that, which is now VSU. VSU, yeah, but uh, um, but then yeah, started playing. Piano, about high school. Ricky Alderman was playing with you guys, and I graduated with Ricky. Okay. And I listened to Ricky play. I said, "Man, I got to learn how to do that." Yeah, and, and uh, I never really got with him. We were in different crowds, pretty much. But uh, uh, but I would watch him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and I got, got you know just wanted to Who learn how you, to do uh, it. I know Ricky uh, kind of did the same thing. He just yeah. was drawn to it. His daddy found it in one of his warehouses and brought it home, tuned it, and put it in the the game room or the family room and uh ricky would get home from school every day and just go sit down there but he was listening to music already so he was listening to a lot of almond brothers mm-hmm. and a lot of emerson lake and palmer yeah that were the two well, that, that's some good influences right there now. but that was what <clears> he <throat> would listen to and just have in his head and then he'd walk all the way down to the family room and just sit there and recreate it somehow or another. So that's definitely an ear, a gift, and everything. So you pretty much had the same experience. Yeah, same the same thing. And then I <laughs> see I didn't ever play it into a band until after I graduated high school mm-hmm. and uh and got into to, to college. But uh what right was by your that initial time, influences. Oh, again the Almond Brothers, uh yeah. you know, um Oh shoot! There's so many of them. I can, mm-hmm. Ray Charles. I was always a Ray Charles fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. from the get go. And uh, uh, 
Yeah, I can't think of them now. There's just I was loved it all. I really mm-hmm. did, and, and I really started listening to Deep Purple. I liked I liked the organ sound, and uh, and Jimmy Sistar, you remember him? Mm-hmm. He went to my church, and uh, we were talking about we'd fill around together a little bit on the on the on the organ and pop organ in the church there. But uh, he said, "I'm getting ready to sell my Hammond organ," and uh, so I bought it from Hammond. It was an M3, it wasn't a B3, okay. a big old Leslie cabinet. I still got it today. Oh, it's cool. just sitting in the closet, <laughs> not the closet, but in the corner over there. And every now and then I crank it up, and the dust flies out of it. <laughs> Leslie starts going to <laughs> dirt everywhere. But uh, it's fun to play. It's uh yeah, uh, yeah, that's my favorite instrument. Yeah, it's a great sound, but they yeah. held carry. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. You know Philip Walker. Yeah, him and I were going to Nashville to play with this guy, and we took my Hammond organ and Leslie cabinet, my Fender Rhodes piano, and all his equipment, our suitcases and everything. He had a Volkswagen Beetle. Wow. And we that's he had rigged up a trailer hitch to his Volkswagen Beetle. And we oh headed to God. Nashville, and we got up to what is that Eagle Pass where you go up over Mont, the, Mont the, Mont Eagle. Mont Eagle, yeah. <laughs> I literally thought I was going to have to get out and start pushing. I really did. We barely made it over that hill, and, and then it was hell going back down the other way, trying to burn out the brakes. But that was an interesting thing. Yeah, that organ went all over the country. <clears throat> well, let's talk about. I know a little bit about y'all's history, but uh, let's get concise. Uh, very first band, Bob, that you played in. That anybody knows about? That, that made anybody any money? knows about that, that I remember. Uh, probably, uh, you know, we played in hijinks. I remember that band. That was a Feral Rip, Owl band, Rip wasn't Snow. it? No, no Rip, Rip Snow. I'm Ricky McDaniels, Ricky's okay. sister Ramona. And uh, I think Ricky was playing drums. Ricky McDaniel was playing drums. Wasn't yeah. Danny Altman? Wasn't Danny Altman? Okay. These I, names are, are on all our previous podcasts too. Uh, uh, hijinks. Okay. Yeah, it was so. Uh, that was uh, about seventy-five or so. Yeah, uh, and hijinks. Well, actually, it was might have been a little later yeah. because that's when we had rock. And uh, Andrew Johnson, Droop, and Wimp. Black guys. Black guys in the band. Uh, Bill McIntosh? Bill McIntosh for, for a little while. That was hijinks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Real good musicians. You know. Yeah. Now, uh, <clears throat> I was playing in Down Home from 75 to 78. After we broke up in 78, Joe Shear. Our lead guitar player moved back home to Waycross, and it wasn't long before he had picked up. We, we got up with him. It was a group called Spellbound. Spellbound. And we were uh, Was that uh, your first group? No, I was actually the first money-making group was a group called Gold Dust. It was, uh, was that Waycross? To- yeah, Tony Tatum, um, Buddy Brantley. Yeah. Rick Jacobs. Do you remember him? Yeah. Guitar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Afro. And Jim Hopkins, and me, and Jim and Jim Eccles. Okay. And uh, we, but uh, we did a battle of the bands and won money on that. You but, did. Uh, uh, you won that. Uh, I think we thought we were in high. We were high rollers. I think we won one hundred and fifty dollars. Let's split it five ways. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then the next band 
other than some gigs I did over in, in when I started I started in the Valdosta at the college. I played with several different groups over there, mm-hmm. just side gigs and just doing it. And I was really starting to get into it then, and then we got into Spellbound, and that was that was when I really started getting interested in equipment and you know synthesizers and updating mm-hmm. my my equipment and all that kind of stuff and and learning how to sing some harmonies and vocals and stuff like that. So. Uh, I guess uh, Spellbound was the, my catalyst that yeah. got me going. <clears throat> well, Joe probably came in there and whipped y'all into shape. Yeah, he, <laughs> he brought the old down-home work yeah. ethic with him. He'd have us all go over and help him paint cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was uh, a auto body detailer. Yeah, still is, I believe. Probably yeah. is, yeah. Um, and he, he put y'all in outfits. Yes. Like we did, rehearsed and uh, uh, played. You probably played a lot of uh, current top forty, top forty dance dis- disco. Music. Yeah, yeah, that was the old formula that we worked off of in that band. Uh, I remember y'all had. Uh, well, I remember Jim wearing some red overalls. We all had them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wore them later in. Uh, uh, down home number two when I moved back from yeah. Tallahassee and we all pulled to get pulled together the original down home lineup except for Ricky uh and John Smith yeah that's cool <laughs> so uh, uh, talking about songwriting like you were saying a while ago though uh uh I, I wonder from y'all's perspective, what was it that 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 made you like us in that and unlike so many other musicians do you think it's in the, that the influences that you, you were listening to that. were songwriter kind of things and that's what you know what i mean that's that's how it was with me is i just was into i don't know i kind of feel i, I i'm sure i was influenced you know by a lot of sounds uh, uh but when I write, that's just kind of my own. I, I don't mm-hmm. feel I don't, I don't want to Did sound like anybody. Before you yeah. started playing the music, yeah, I was when I started playing around the piano. I was, I was writing. You did yeah. start yeah. writing yeah. at about yeah. that time. Yeah. Okay, that's when it really. Ha- I wrote a few songs when I was younger, you know, but not thinking this is how you do it or anything. Uh, or, you know, I didn't even know how to play guitar at that point. No, but really about seventy two was when I wrote my first real song mm-hmm. once I started playing. But what about th- you, th- Bob? I think uh, that uh, the writing, that, that I was influenced a lot by, uh, I grew up on the farm. You listen to two things, country and, and western, you know. And uh, <laughs> my daddy, his uh, his music was a fast domino, Jerry Lee Lewis. Really? Yeah. Seems like I would be a piano player, don't I? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what they liked. My uncle about that? that uh was a big influence on me, he loved Merle Haggard. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can't really find a whole lot more inspiration once mm-hmm. you start listening there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh I've just uh, enjoyed it all, you know, and I'm like George, you know, when you start out writing it may be this way. When you end up it could be yeah. around the block on mm-hmm. how it goes. That's what I enjoy the most about playing is writing and performing something that you did and yeah, something that's it's satisfying. Yeah. 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 That's the biggest. Yeah. And uh, uh, a lot of bands don't ever have the luxury of doing that. Uh, 
back in our day, we just played cover songs. We didn't yeah, hardly well, ever supply and demand. to do anything. Well, we found out even with Alabama, when we were playing the big stage, when opening up for all these major groups, that people want to hear something familiar. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So, we still, I mean, we still play covers now. Yeah, but uh, y'all primarily, y'all are, uh, percentage-wise, y'all are more original. We're about 80-20. 80, 80, 80-20, but uh, you still got to throw them covers mm-hmm. out there. <clears throat> yeah, but that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Y'all, y'all have built a, a following. Well, and, I just did that because audience. you told me I couldn't. <laughs> like, you ain't never going to do it. You're never going to make any money, boys. If you I, don't remember, out there I do remember up. saying that. You and Paul Lee ride me about it. I was like, well, we'll see. I, I, I like a challenge. I like somebody to tell me I can't do something. I think everybody's heard that, Elvis. You you better go back to driving a truck, son. <laughs> yeah. you know? We don't need no guitar player, keep, son. Keep your days up. Thanks for that encouragement, Dad. <laughs> You'll never make it with a name like that, Elvis. <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> Ooh, we. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think also, I think that uh, in my case, I know that I loved reading. And I loved uh, uh, wordplay, uh, English, yeah. classes like that. You know, I, I, I got into writing and everything from that standpoint, from school at school level. You know, and uh, all you Griffins, uh, your brother, what your brother, your brother, what do you? Was I mean I know he worked for the well, journalism yeah, yeah so, he was I mean, in journalism in high school and I was and your ne- and your nephew Graham which I'm sure he got it all from y'all yeah Connor uh, Connor too Connor but uh, <clears throat> I'm sure that helps out a little bit of course you know and the influences that we had Hank Williams and back, all those great songwriters yeah back there in that time what's that whistling over here is that your Coke can isn't it it's the Coke. I've heard Cokes do that. Uh, I hear it too. You hearing it? Yeah. You it's, hearing it? It's Are you hearing high it? Squeal. It's almost sounds it's like, like a... I thought somebody's voice. <laughs> I think it's your Coke can. Is it empty? No. Oh, you want to hear it? Okay. No. That's what it sounds like a hearing aid feeding back. Folks, what we just uh, had a discourse on. <laughs> there's a the sick mouse over in the quarter. I thought the high, the high end was the I first thing that goes. <laughs> I thought, damn, Bob. <laughs> Bob's over there. No, he's not shy. <laughs> Bob's over there recapitulating. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, Jackson Brown was the, always a big influence. Jackson Brown, the the emergence of the singer songwriter in the early seventies. That was right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, that's when I, you and me, started playing. First time I heard that line, I said maybe people only ask you how you doing because it's easier than letting on how little they could care. I said that always know something about writing. <laughs> well, we had Bob Dylan, we had the Beatles, uh, which was. Rich, rich veins to mine. You know? all, all, all we had to yeah. do was look back. We didn't have anything. <laughs> you know, we, we had to search back. Well, to, it seems uh, like it's always that. Things. It's always something building on something else and then pushing it a little further and then maybe getting to the point where it's... If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Homogenized, and then somebody will go back and bring it back to the mm-hmm. uh, primal again. 
Somebody mentioned to me one time that, uh, have you ever noticed the pattern? I said, the pattern? I said, uh, war. During the war, music gets real serious, blah, bland and everything. After the war, everybody's happy, and you have a, uh, well, it's like World War One. After the war, you had the Roaring Twenties. War, uh, then you had the Depression and World War Two. Then after World War Two, you had rock and roll. Like everybody just got up and danced again, or were wanting to really bad. I thought, Let's see if you can carry it further. I thought that war brought uh, good music because yeah. people were like uh, so relieved, had something yeah, to write yeah, about yeah. and or Protest. something to. Well, not necessarily bad or good, but it was just like the tenor of it. You know, it was like you had the roaring 20s right after a war. Well, look at Vietnam. I mean, everybody Yeah, what can you do there? You You had disco after Vietnam. (laughs) You had Jimi Hendrix (laughs) during Vietnam. Not immediately. Well. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have disco immediately, but uh, I thought that was a lame pattern anyhow. Yeah. so what it it does you, come and go, though. I mean, yeah, it does. So the new comes, and then y'all ever think there'll there'll be uh, another uh, time like we had, and another decade like the '60s? You think that'll ever happen again? I don't know. It's starting to feel like yeah. the '50s around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything. It's, it's let's totally take different. back women's rights. Let's take oh, back yeah. this. Let's take this. What about the? The uh, a depression. Uh, uh, if we're they're saying we're close to a recession, whether we will get there or not, who knows? But it's that's tough times. Uh, well, this new information age is changing everything. I mean, it is. Yeah, you just think a thought and put your thoughts down on the phone mm-hmm. and then it's next thing you know it's gone to, to millions of people mm-hmm. billions of people if it goes viral mm-hmm. you know and can be somebody that has no influence on anything or, or, or as just just an abstract thought it just all of a sudden boom explodes mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, which is totally different from the yeah 40s 50s and 60s and yeah. and technology you know but the way technology is expanding now you invent something, and by the time you get it to market, it's obsolete. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the truth, and it's, it's gone. It's, it's always something mm-hmm. better. Uh, it's just so technology and uh, artificial intelligence. <clears throat> the world is changing very quickly. It is very quickly. A lot of smart people out there. You, you almost can't have a thought without somebody across the world already picking up on it and, yeah, and making yeah. it before you yeah. can, you know. Uh, is that good or bad? Well, I guess according to what it, your it, thoughts are, yeah, it, it gets it gets all of us there quicker, but it uh, kind of, you know. I wonder what's out there that we don't even know about that's sitting back, sitting out there, just waiting. That's almost at the well, level. That's the thing I think level of. I, you say it would there would be another decade like the '60s or music-wise. I feel like. We could be there right now, but you wouldn't know it because it, most of it, or all, most of all of it's underground, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't get the the wheat for all the chaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 
the 60s and 70s, you had the, the best of the best, and they was put up front because it was the radio and TV. And you had what, and you don't them. really have one thing anymore. And the internet is everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's, there's, there's no, great, there's not great one music focal, out there. One but focal point. It's finding it, and then there's the mainstream, and then there's yeah. Everybody's not tuned to the same now. channel, so like it, it's all over the place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's getting it's getting original uh, artists to the forefront is a hard thing to do now. Yeah. Man. I think I think people are almost spoiled by the amount of music that's out there, though. You know, yeah, that's the, I want to hear this. Boop, you got it. That's yeah. what we were talking about last time. I think mm-hmm. it's like once back in the day when you could whip whip out a record or a, a cassette or something, you knew what you wanted to listen to. Like I got these twenty or so. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna listen to this right now. And now that we got anything yeah, to touch yeah, it, and I don't know what scroll that, through you can't, can't I don't even decision. know what I want to listen yeah, yeah, there's too much op- there's too yeah. many options it's like flipping channels okay well, you know, yeah, so many like, and yeah, that's yeah, what we were saying yeah. it's like you, you can't, can't go back to the three channels we had yeah. Yeah. you can watch when any movie up, you want yeah. to like well great I don't know what to watch I'm thinking my age has something to do with that too it's like you know I've listened to Deep Purple Machine Head X amount of time. I've ate a Whopper this many times as it compared to <laughs> 70, you know, 1970 when it was barely out. You know, it was, it was excellent back then excellent. because I hadn't had but 25 of them, <laughs> you know. And so, after, so. after listening to Deep Purple, and I'm, I'm going through something at night trying to think of something to listen to to go to sleep by, and I'll pass by all these albums or Spotify or something. And I, I, I'll have a hard time damn deciding because I, I'll it get all. to it and I'll say, mm, no. <laughs> I can find something better. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I can find something better. But I'm at like the end of porn. Huh? I'm like that with porn. <laughs> I'm still I'm still in my early Burger King phase with porn. <laughs> I'm still in my early Whopper phase with like, porn well, now. She she might know. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let, let me I see. ain't seen enough of that to be tired yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> we were talking about influences earlier. Uh, I'd have to say a piano, Chuck Lavelle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. no. I mean, I can mm. just listen to him mm. over and over. Lean and over. over this way to you, Mike. There, um, <laughs> I've been to his house. Have you really? Yeah, I've been to his plantation or his wife's oh, plantation. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had old split level, kind of a suburban house in Macon, seventy seven, I believe it was. Sea level was recording their. Uh, uh, was rehearsing for Cats on the Coast, which would have been, I think, their second or third album. I think that was their first one, wasn't it? No, they had one before that. Just sea level, sea level. Yeah. And then they had Cats on the Coast. With, That's your secret. That's my favorite album. Yeah. We Cats learned that song, too. Yeah, we did that one, too. Did you? Yeah. 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 And uh, we were playing it. Uh, Uncle Sam's or Bananas, whatever the name of it was then. And uh, since uh, Randall Bramlett was in that band, and he was former King David and the Slaves lead singer, which was Wayne Scarborough, mm-hmm. played bass in that band. So, And uh, Davis Causey was also in King yeah. David and the Slaves, guitar player for C-Level. 
And somehow or another, between Wayne and Eddie Middleton, took Randall's spot in King David and Slaves after he left. So there was that connection from King David and the Slaves, uh, which was a Jessup, Georgia band who went on to college at UGA together, and it was a, about an eight-piece horn band, R&B band. Can you imagine that name today? <laughs> King David and the Slaves, what the hell? Of course, that was more a throwback to biblical yeah. time. But uh, <clears throat> uh, they said, yeah, come on over, man. We were uh, practicing. We all went over there on a Sunday or Saturday or Sunday. and uh, Probably just got blown away, didn't you? We went in the front door, and they said, they're down in the uh, in the game room downstairs. Uh, it's like two or three-level house. We were walking down the basement stairs, and uh, there was these gold records going down the wall with us, you know. Chuck Lavelle. And we got... There and there, there they was. Sea uh, level was a hell of a band. Oh, they were great. Jazz, yeah, funk. They put it all together. Blues, yeah. rock. It was it was one of those fusion bands that Chuck Lavelle from the Allen Brothers, James, uh, the drummer for the Allen Brothers, uh, the bass, Lamar Johnson, mm-hmm. bass player from the Allen Brothers. Then you had. Randall Bramlett, Davis uh, Causey, Davis Causey, and Jimmy Knowles was yeah. the second yeah. guitar player. Man, technical, soulful, just mm-hmm. some of the best heartfelt guitar picking I ever heard. You know, they were out there. I remember they was all uh, pl- the guitar players was playing through. Uh, Oh, what was in the little amps that was so popular right back in those days? Boogies. Mesa Boogies. Mesa Boogies, yeah. yeah. And we just sat there slack-jawed, you know, sitting But it was so good. And that was, they were rehearsing to lay down the studio tracks on all of that stuff. I was listening to a uh, YouTube video of them doing the Scarborough (laughs) Fair. Yeah, golly, I just couldn't believe it. what they did with that song. They just took it to another level. Mm-hmm. They really did. Yeah. So Bob, didn't uh, didn't you play some with Seldom Blues? Yeah, I played uh, probably about eight years on and off with the Pharaoh. You got that picture I sent under random picks. It says Bob's baby pics. <laughs> Bob's baby pictures. <laughs> It'd be seldom blues. There's yeah. uh there's a a, a blast from the past from oh, yeah. Little Nights. The honky tonk in Waycross that ain't no honky tonk no more. That's Farrell Howell on the right, lead singer. There's Bob in the middle playing bass, and that was uh, George Bessonette. Bassinet from Homerville on lead guitar. Judge Bassinet now, isn't it? Yeah, oh, he, he is a judge. lawyer or a judge or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that, that band is called Seldom Blues. Seldom Blues. What's, do you know the story behind the name? 
No, I don't. It's like, how blue we are always, you, We Seldom. always have a good time in Seldom. <laughs> that was a party band, for sure. Mm-hmm. George uh, has uh, got a little bigger. Yeah. We've lost Farrell. My hair was a little darker. Yeah. Farrell is gone. Huh? Farrell is gone. Yeah, he died yeah. about five years ago, didn't he? Maybe two. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I knew that. So he's, Farrell's not the sound man. No, that's yeah. Farrell Souls. Farrell Souls. Was yeah. Alan okay. doing sound for you guys? Huh. He's doing keyboards. Uh, every now and then. Uh, Who was the drummer in this band? Could have been. It could have been Jake Lee. Could have been Tony Beck. Could have yeah. been Donnie Minix. Is, yeah. that some, uh, is that a player over there halfway off the Left, I don't think so. It looks no, like that, somebody the, walking, yeah. That's the bottom of a uh, little nights, yeah. Off the stage, yeah. Yeah, and there's uh, there's half of a girl right down there in the bottom, staring at, <laughs> and right up there above George's head, right there is the bottom of the uh banisters on the <laughs> second level. Mm-hmm. That's that where, was a good venue to play in, that's where nice. Jimmy Stratton sat. <laughs> With his legs through, taking pictures of, he was smitten by Jack Cadillac <laughs> that night oh, at the 2007, there. no, 2002 Grand Parsons guitar I thought we were going to make it through an episode without you saying Jimmy Stratton, but I guess we did. <laughs> hey, 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 Jimmy. <laughs> Is he paying you on the side? <laughs> no, come on down here and bring that, that excellent bean footage yeah. with you. Yeah. All right, let's see what uh, what's on them other two random picks there. I think I don't want to pull. Uh, wait a minute. Nah, we'll hold on to that one for for a minute. <clears throat> so I guess we all were pretty much, except for Sean, who came along later. I was born Sean in 74. Was, Sean was born about when we were. Yeah, y'all keep saying 74, that, or you do. That, that's when I was born. And Sean came along when we were starting to cut our teeth <laughs> on in in bands. Yeah. yeah. On songwriting, on our instruments, and in bands. I was cutting my teeth on a dish rag. <laughs> <laughs> a teething ring <laughs> and a pacifier. Uh, but. We all pretty much, the three of us, had a very common entry into music, I, yeah. I feel like, you know. I think one thing that I probably wasn't different than you guys is I gave it up for about seven years, totally. No, I never did that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, would I, be I still off had for a piano. About a year. I had an electric piano in the house, but when I got off the road and doing the thing with uh, Waycross Express, I moved to Jacksonville and got married and started having children and just and working in the furniture business down there in the management program, just gave it up for seven years. Moved back to Waycross, and um, here comes Bob into the furniture store. And that's how we got together. He, he heard I moved back, and we started writing and fooling around together a little bit and playing some things. But y'all knew each other prior Didn't know each other at all. Did not. Never met. And uh, and uh uh, then Alibi struck up and got yeah. going. Yeah. Alibi. Now there's. We had a name in mind before Alibi came came about. <clears throat> what was that? <laughs> it came from a, a dream George had. 
We were, we were, it's called the Flying Raccoons. All right. I had a dream that we, we, were, playing, we were practicing and doing our thing out there in, in Bob's uh, garage. And I just had a dream one night that it, these raccoons were coming into the to the, getting all on our equipment, we're trying to shoo them off, and all of a sudden they just started flying. I must have watched the Wizard of Oz or something like that. I thought it was a great <laughs> name. Yeah. 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 That was a pretty vivid dream. I still remember it. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Opened up the door, yeah. little, uh, little white raccoons. They were white, too. Yeah, right? yeah, white raccoons. Yeah. White raccoons. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was about to say, that, that would have worked until your fans started shortening it. <laughs> yeah. Flying yeah. Fly, coos. Coons probably wouldn't have flew. <laughs> I would not have flown. They're white. That doesn't make it better. But, but Alibi started out as a rock and roll band. We had Ricky McDaniels and uh, right, and right. He we, had the name, right? No, it was, that was still we y'all. Came the band. Y'all were in the band. Yeah, okay, now Danny was in that. We drummer. We got got band. him as a guitar player and. Uh, Bob, it was actually Bob was playing rhythm and I was playing piano. We were just doing, and then we just decided to start getting something together. But mm-hmm. and we got Ricky, and then we got uh, Danny, Danny Altman playing drums. Mm-hmm. But we had asked, uh, I'd asked uh, Thomas's brother Gerald mm-hmm. about playing guitar. You know, I said, yeah. you know, we're, we're trying to put something together." Me, he said, "George Farr." He said, mm, <clears> "I don't know." But uh, they Gerald knew each and I other. were roommates in college for a while. We we played a little game together, yeah, really for one one semester, one quarter at Valdosta. Yeah, Valdosta. Yeah, so uh, yeah. after <laughs> I talked to Gerald, he recommended Thomas, and uh, Thomas was said, "I don't want to play right now." He's in between bands, and I said, "Okay, if you uh, get to things, you change your mind, you know, call us." And uh, he knew that George was in there, and then we had talked to. Tony, before we talked to Ricky, Tony Cason, Tony Cason, mm, yeah. and Tony, he you know he's always busy, but uh, he he was busy at that time, and uh, so we got Ricky, and uh, but we went from immediately to a country band after we got Tony, and Ricky we went from rock and roll straight into country. Mm. I mean, just the genre just changed. Just was like Alibi? And classic rock too. What came first, the '91 Grand Parson tribute that we did together, or Alibi? It's probably about the same. About the same time. I moved back time, here in '90, and I think that, that okay. following year you started that. We did the, uh, the '91 yeah, tribute yeah. in October, and then y'all almost simultaneously put yes, Alibi together. Yeah, put, put Alibi, and mm-hmm. we were playing, like I said, it's rock and roll to begin with, and. Uh, then we went country, and that's where it all started happening. Mm-hmm. Was was Skip in there from the beginning? No, Not no, from the no. start. No, he, he Skip came, came with us. Came, but well, we'd been together one about two years. Yeah, yeah. And Skip did, and my wife were step brothers and sisters at one time. Okay, and but uh, I think Skip had moved back to Waycross, and he was looking for a band to get in. Oh, um, and it, it worked out good. Teresa, her mama was married to Skip's dad. Ivy Dog, I did not know that. It's not something she really throws yeah. out there all the time, but <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Skip came, and we said, "Well, Skip, you know we we hear you like to get into band, you like to try and take them over, and all this sort of stuff." And we're just good old boys, you know. Mm-hmm. We want to have some good music, and I oh, don't do that. Uh, you know, somebody's <laughs> telling y'all a story. 
you know. And then it happened. There's a little truth to everything, you know. <laughs> no. But, but it worked out for God me. rest his soul, Skip. Uh, yeah. Is no longer with us now. He passed away, succumbed to cancer. And uh, he was my third cousin, something like that. I think he was kin to everybody. He was yeah. because it was that yeah. uh, his mama, Nona Griffin, was my daddy's first or second cousin, something like that. And uh, uh, yeah, there's uh, Bill Heyman, Wes, Wes. Heyman. They were uh, Bill was an old bandmate of mine in about '73. He sang lead and played harmonica. In a, uh, group and uh, and then uh, Skip was their half brother. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all the moving pieces, but uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of lot of somebody had some musical influence in them genes back then, and I I can't trace mine at all on on either side of my family. I really can't, but. Uh, Y'all know of any heredity in your past? Any? No, I had a first cousin. He played Dobro. Yeah. In wow. Miami, then he moved up to North Georgia, Tennessee, up in that way. And uh, I don't know of anybody that played banjo or guitar. I think if they did, they played three chords, and that was about it. You know, mm -hmm. there was nobody we could go to and say, "Hey, could you show us this, or could you help us?" Or well, you'd think that in genealogy, it'd be something that stood out big. You know. My aunt was a concert violinist, and uh, that's a pretty good one. And and on my dad's side, I, I only heard one musician. He came visit us one time. It was my uncle Talmadge, his old gray, long gray hair, beard, and uh, he was probably in his eighties. And he came and he had a little ukulele, and he started playing and singing. And I was just thrown. I mean, just mm -hmm. it was amazing. <laughs> he had his real high falsetto. He'd sing oh, in his, man. It was like a real old tiny Tim or something. You know, I was like, oh, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So I guess I got it on both sides. But yeah. yeah. I um never had, I mean, when I started playing guitar at 15 or whatever, nobody in my family that I knew of played anything. And my grandpa on my mom's side, I never knew him i had a step-grandpa and uh i met him when i was little they say but i don't remember and he passed away but at some point my grandma had all of his family the sons and daughters that he had had and grandchildren they all come and everybody met up one time well they all come and got out the cars with guitars and banjos and i was like i got on the wrong side <laughs> 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 I, okay, there must be something over there <laughs> sprinkled in over here. But then you'll see musicians that are, you know, they give their children every chance in the world to play, and, and the kids, yeah. I don't care nothing about that. Yeah, you know, so heredity, it's uh, it's good, but desire, wanting to learn, yeah. is is what you got to have. That's my son. I, he is into music, but uh, I, I kept putting guitars in his hands and stuff, and. Uh, he, he he really got into the keyboard. I got him piano lessons, but he's into like movie score kind of sounding mm -hmm. stuff, and and he'll create that That's on a his whole different programs yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. and like, That's like it's a, movements versus like Quincy verses Jones. And courses and stuff. It's like what the heck are you doing? <laughs> and uh, well, I hope you can edit this. I got to take a leak, man. Yeah, let's take. Uh, we'll just take a little short break <laughs> right now, folks. We got more to come. Yeah. Is there a special message? George <laughs> 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 
I was thinking the same thing. Something in my brain won't let me stray. Something in my veins gonna find its way. Something in the water taught me how to pray. When the cold black water finds its way into your veins, you'll never be the same. Hey y'all, welcome back. Uh, we got some music coming up from our illustrious guest, Mr. George Farr, going to take off on this handsome keyboard right here. What you going to do, buddy? I'm going to do a song. It's a regional song yeah. called Fernandina. It's you know Fernandina's the bedroom community mm-hmm. of Waycross and Blackcherry, all the South Georgia. It's actually the beach in North Florida that we all grew up in. The Dirty on- Dina. <laughs> Dirty Dina is what some of them call it, but my family uh, we vacation down there yep. every summer, and I, as many in Waycross and Blackshear did. Spend many time there, kiss my <laughs> my uh, now wife the first time in front of Dina. Oh, so, so it's a special place. All right, so here we go. Cool. There's a little sleepy fishing town on an island way down south. Long ago, the Spanish name. Every weekend or holiday you find me headed that way for a little R and R if you know what I'm meaning Bernardina Island Amelia Senoritas Sisters Love You're mine tonight Shrimp boats leave at the break of dawn Casting nets and troll along Scattered out like diamonds on the sea Head back in as the sun goes down On the wind you'll hear the sound As every man on board starts to sing Sisters of love, you're mine tonight. After dark, I walk the beach, feel the sand beneath my feet. I hear music in the breeze, hear the waves pound out a beat, watch the lights dance on the sea. I can hear those sailors sing Bernardina Island Amelia Senoritas Sisters of love You're mine tonight All right right. It's usually a lead that goes in there Yeah, that was great, man I love it, I love it and make me feel right at home. <laughs> I remember that town many, many a time. Uh, well, getting back to the uh, focus of regional things, I got a song yeah. here. It's about springtime in Georgia. And, uh, I mean, I, I wrote this song. I was 
walking, trying to lose some weight in Cherokee Heights. It was in the spring, early spring. I was walking through looking at all these azaleas and everything's mm-hmm. just blooming, gorgeous, just just crazy. And this song came to me. All right. I know I like the melody of that. I, I do too. I know some uh, people on that tourism bureau. I swear to God, you slip, slip that song to them. <laughs> that the whole the whole south south of this state to be ready to pick something up on that. <laughs> well, we'll give it to uh, the uh, 
Pine Box Thrillers to carry it on. How about there that? you go. <laughs> we'll need a keyboard player for that. <laughs> Has, he must have, be offering. Have any of, when did you write these? Uh, those song two was, songs are they? The first song I wrote years ago. Yeah. Uh, Fernandina wrote. Uh, I don't know about twenty years ago. Yeah. Back back during right before the Alibi days. 90, mm-hmm. 89, 90. Uh, that song I wrote. When I was trying to lose weight, about oh yeah, ten years ago. Okay. And this next song I'm gonna do, I wrote thirty five years ago. All right. When my, when my daughter was born, she, my wife went into labor. Uh, she uh, at about nine o'clock, and we went to the hospital. Water broken on it, so she's going into labor pains, and she got an epidural. Yeah. Well, the baby didn't come to about six o'clock in the morning, and so I was <laughs> up all night, I doing coffee, drinking, and I just said. Mm-hmm. And I went home after yeah. the baby was born, just sheerly exhausted, and got on the piano and wrote this song. Okay. And uh, it's the weirdest song that came out from that episode. You'd never think this would come out from that. Mm-hmm. But my mom was just going crazy. It's uh, in honor of your daughter. This is called Dad the Dinosaur. Huh? <laughs> Dad the Dinosaur. <laughs> okay. <laughs> D&D. Uh, like I said, I don't know how this came out of all that. That was just too much coffee and too much late at night. <laughs> well, okay. All right. I remember way, way back To that first date that I had And that long, long walk up to her door I threw out my scrawny chest Did my very bony best To make my five foot six look six foot four Lord, it was hard to get up the nerve to knock Something told me danger was in store and all my fears came to life when right before my very eyes there stood her dad, the dinosaur. <laughs> well, he grabbed my hand like he wanted to shake, but he wouldn't let it go. And it felt just like an earthquake when he spoke down deep and low. He said, son, I'm going to tell you straight. I know that it's your first date. Now here's a thing or two you need to know. There'll be no barking in the boonies, no driving movies. Don't take her nowhere she ain't been before. You see, that's my little girl. To me, she's the world. Now tell me, boy, do I need to say more? Well, I said, no, sir, I understand. Jumped at the car, I was wondering just what I'd done got myself into. Well, I hadn't even put it in to dry before she slid right there over on my side and said, I'll go anywhere that you want to go to. <laughs> she took me by surprise and left me all confused. Couldn't hold my mind, I could smell her sweet perfume. And pounding in my head was the words that her daddy said. So I did the only thing I knew to do. I took her parking in the boonies. We called a drive-in movie. She took me places I've never been before. <laughs> there I was. There. <laughs> Can we edit that? Can I go back to right there or what? Pick it up right Just there. Go right back on. Yeah. Uh, I took her parking in the boonies We caught a driving movie She took me places I've never been before 
my face was twisted in a grin Till I took her home again And there on the porch stood Dad the dinosaur <laughs> Well I eased up there on the edge of the yard Jumped out, ran around, let her out of the car Hoping that her daddy wouldn't be suspicious Right there before his very eyes She wrapped everything she had around me twice And gave me one of those French foreign kind of kisses Well, she took me by surprise And left me all confused From the corner of my eye I saw her daddy move Now, if you don't think that dinosaurs Roam this earth no more Wait till you get one chasing after you <laughs> Through the park and through the boonies And through a drive-in movie And places I've never been before There I was, out of breath A step ahead of an ugly death When I decided I needed to get in touch with the Lord Well, I praise the God in heaven When her daddy tripped and fell but blaming on the devil when I turned around and yelled I said, hey mister, if you're wondering just what me and your daughter did Well that's a secret I can't tell, you see I swore But you can take me for my word I never took your little girl anywhere that she ain't never been before <laughs> That's great well, That took place so long ago where the years went, I don't know. Now I find that I'm a granddad to dinosaur. And I got my hands around the neck of some young punk I expect. Was wishing he had never knocked on my grandbaby's door. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, buddy. That's good. Yeah, that's a, that's damn John Prine, uh, Randy Newman, yeah. all kind rolled together, man. Well, that's good. Very, very, uh, very novel take. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know how that all came out of having a baby having born, a baby. but all these thoughts that was and all after these, your all baby these, was born. Yeah, yeah that, okay. that that next morning. I mean, I went, yeah. went home and wrote it that that, that was. Like that, that was pure inspiration. Yeah, yeah. That's what that, that was. That's that coming was, together. Yeah, staying up all night long hallucinating. <laughs> that's what I was doing. <laughs> that was good. That's well, I, I'm, folks, I got to check see what the score is on the game. So we're gonna be right back. <laughs> all right, folks, uh, we are back, and as promised, we've got an update. <laughs> and by the time this. Uh, 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 podcast is showing <laughs> ain't it great that the Braves won two World Series back to back I'm going to say it I'm going to claim it right here oh, it's, going, it's going on air now <laughs> oh, you, you didn't know that uh, Hank Williams was a Braves fan he wrote called Elijah was a wood but anyhow, yeah, we're keeping tabs, folks, because we love our Atlanta Braves baseball. Now, we got Bob Tanner up on his... Uh, In the batter's box. That's a uh, Breedlove guitar. Now, uh, you had an Epiphone out there earlier that had a story behind it. Well, the, the story <laughs> is... Uh, the guitar is like a 1975, and it came from uh, the Waycross Y. Y. Why? Y, the Y. 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 M. C. A. No, the uh, 
Sky high Wi-Fi. Oh, oh, uh, wait, uh, uh, world, what world was it called? Fi? World Hi-Fi. World Hi-Fi. And the, yeah, James the, Blunt. And the one that uh, sold it to me was uh, Ray Heron. That <laughs> yeah. goes way back, don't it? Dang. Yes, it does. But okay. uh, it's one of my better playing guitars, actually. Yeah, yeah it so, feels uh, good. I can't complain about Ray well, on that. Well, pick us an original. You know you've been writing them as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is uh, one that uh, I'd went and saw a friend of mine. He turned into a preacher, uh, Pet Hayes, really good preacher. And yeah. uh, he was talking about when he was in Vietnam. And me and him went to school together. And I went in the Army. I got drafted, and he got drafted. But uh, he uh, went to Vietnam. I went to Okinawa. And um, he was talking about how he was out there fighting and he said you know there's somebody come over here shoot him shoot him and so he said i shot and i saw the guy go down he Ooh. says then you know i was out there doing what i was supposed to be doing but you know he said i was raised a christian at back home and so it was just difficult for me to uh Except justify re- that resolve it yeah. and he said it happened again so i had to shoot another one or two and he said uh I thought I could handle it, but when I got home, he said I just lost it for a few years mm. and uh, stayed on drugs and everything else like that. But then he became a, a preacher and uh, turned into one of the better ones I'd seen. Cool. But uh, he was so emotional when he gave this this sermon. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, I've got to write some words to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came out like this. It's okay. uh, The truth were all out mm-hmm. there saying, yeah, we can do what the government wants us to do, but that guy on the other side, he's just doing that too. It's just a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, when somebody dies, that's that's the real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and I like to play in minors anyway. So this. What's is the name of this? Uh, Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put me on the spot. Yeah, okay, though. it's all right. I'm, I'm yeah, like it's, that it's too. In the, it's in the song. Okay. <laughs> strength to do what I must do I may not understand but I'm here to see it through you fight for God and country well my country said to fight but out here in the jungle Lord it's you and me tonight well I'm down on my knees hands folded in prayer thinking about the folks back home and wishing I was there Small town boy of 18, fresh off the farm. Never meant to hurt no one or do nobody harm. So, God, why have they chosen me to go and fight the enemy? You made me a peaceful man, but I don't think they understand you. Despite the hurt as tales of David and of Samson and his might. But I don't think that I have in me what it takes to fight. Well, I've always heard it said, to thine own self be true. 
Right now I think my chances would be better off with you So I thought we'd best be talking or tomorrow I might die And if I live another day I'll know the reason why So God why have they chosen me to go and fight the end of me You made me a peaceful man but I don't think they understand I've heard the tales of David and of Samson with his might But I don't know if I have been me what it takes to fight Alright Yeah That was good But uh, uh, That yeah. guy was uh, Vietnam? Vietnam Vietnam Yeah what, uh, what school did you graduate from? I mean high school Bacon County Bacon County, okay. The big I city have, of Alma. I had forgotten that. Yeah. Cool. You know, when uh, when you died in Bacon County, they sent you instead of heaven, you go to Wake Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I always heard that people down here in South Georgia believed that when they died, their soul went to heaven. I mean, their soul went to Atlanta. <laughs> what? Yeah. Let's do this another one, Bob. This is a, I don't know if how many people know him, but Billy Todd, he was always a character around uh, Blackshire. Billy. Billy. You know, Billy. He's gone with from us now, but uh, yeah. I met his uh, nephew the other day, and I was telling him about some of the crazy stuff that Billy had done. He said, oh, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's one of them. You're going to remember him. <laughs> and uh, that's a little about that and where we're from. And uh, <laughs> Kind of things that go on around this way. I uh, was down at a studio, Boblo Studios down in Brunswick. I've heard about that. And uh, there was Jim Mason. Do you know Jim? Fine guitar player. Ooh, Jim Mason. There. Yeah, that sounds familiar. He does sound familiar. I know Jim. He's, uh, he's no, familiar. I know Mason Waters. That's what I'm thinking of. Mason, thinking of Mason, Mason Waters. Waters. But, uh, yeah. He was down there doing this lick. I said, can you show me that? <laughs> and he showed me that, and I do some semblance of it. But it was All like, right. and it was like a. Why don't I try it and do it right? All right. It was getting late on Friday night. Billy Todd said, let's get right. Said, I know the way to Doc Jones still. Said, never caught me and it never will. And I said, I don't like the sound of that. Said, what are you, some kind of skinny cat? I said, you don't break the rules of the swamp. Take a little drink, hell, drink all you want. Don't think the eyes won't be on you. They hear what you say, they see what you do. You go too far, you'll seal your fate. End up being gator bait. Billy cried, said, that's fine. Get yours and I'll get mine. We never saw Billy Todd again. 
They say they left town, just don't know when. Me, don't think you go too far. Leaving town without your car. No. Oh, you don't break the rules of the swamp. Do a little drink, drink all you want. Don't think the eyes won't be on you. They hear what you say, they see what you do. You go too far, you'll feel your fate. End up being Gator Bay. Huh? I remember Billy's Dog. That sounds like yeah. something. Just sounds yeah. just like crazy. Yep. Well, it's got that old uh, 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 Jerry Tony Reed. Joe White Tony feel to it. Yeah. Tony Joe White, Jerry Reed kind of thing. Do you? I, I don't want to get away from your next song, but do you know the one uh, that you wrote? Uh, uh, let's see. Hang on. It's on the wrong side. Um. Uh, put it down. Do you know I told that, you, Bob? I told yeah. you. Did you know that? It I, don't matter. Yeah, the, I'm just uh, wondering if you did. Just go yeah. ahead with what you got. Uh, well, that that particular song is uh probably uh wordy. No, it's not real wordy. It's uh we did it with good strong three part harmony and music. I got it, you. And uh, I got you. But it was also one of the most satisfying songs that we'd done. We did it down in the. Uh, Silver Springs opening mm. up for somebody. I forget. It might have been Martina McBride. Mm. And a guy came down the road where we were all signing autographs thinking we were somebody. And he said, <laughs> uh, uh, look, uh, you know, you wrote the song, uh, put it down. And he told us, they said, no, that guy down there. And he came down to me. He said, did you write the song, put it down? I said, mm. yeah, yeah. He said, he said, I was sitting out here in the crowd. And uh, when you played it, he said, I spent so many years as an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I lost my family. I lost, uh, you know, my children, all that. And uh, mm. he said that uh, when you played that, it just hit me, you know, like mm. I need to keep doing what I'm doing because right now I'm staying straight. And I said, well, that's great. God is. And we had a good feeling. A girl from uh, Lyons, I got, Georgia. I, I got that in, in, in the tale of the week. Oh, that's yeah, great. I'll cover that in the tale of the week. But just play, play uh, uh, another song for me. What you got there? He was a hard-drinking country boy Living down in Tennessee Thought drinking was the way her life He just could not let it be Days turned to weeks As the years passed him by Somebody reached out Somebody heard his cry They said, son there, there we go. <laughs> it was a lady. She just had to have her way. You could see the look come over him when he heard her softly say, Put it down. You don't need it anymore. Put it down. I'm here, but before I settle down, stand my ground, put it down. I pressure situations as 
Trips go hand in hand. So it started out as just a trip to the candy man. Now the good job's gone, he's all alone. Thinks he might end it all. He heard his mama reach out. He heard his mama call. She said, son, you know we love you. Back here you always got a home. gonna be rough but we'll work it out right now you don't need to be alone so put it down you don't need it anymore put it down I am here but before I settle down I'll stand my ground put it down Well, I heard the preacher preach last Sunday, made the message clear. Give up all your sins and pray, my child, and surely God will hear. We all know God is watching us. He sees us every day. But if he was in the talking, you know we'd hear him say, put it down. You don't need it anymore, put it down I am here, but before I settle down I'll stand my ground, put it down You don't need it anymore, put it down I am here, but before I settle down I'll stand my ground Put it down. All right. I'm glad yeah. you played that. Well, great. Uh, that was awesome. This girl from Lyons had wrote us a letter. She said, mm-hmm. you know, we'd heard heard it last night. And she said, I'd been doing cocaine, and I, <clears throat> I was trying to quit the habit and said I was getting mighty weak, and the song came on the radio. It was a friend of ours played it up in Lyons. Mm. And uh, she said, I took what I had, and I, and I dumped it. And, you know, just pray wow. that the Lord would give me the strength to keep doing that, you know. And that's, that's powerful, such a prevalent man. problem we mm-hmm. have nowadays. That, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I said, man, you if see? I can you write a song to do that or make a grown man cry because of what he's going through, mm-hmm. then isn't that kind of what we set out to kind do? Kind of like you've done your job. <laughs> yeah. and folks, that's what it's all about right there. That's, what, that's the real uh, uh, meaning of songwriting right there. Well, I'm glad you played that, Bob. That was good. That was, that was kind of my request. <laughs> Me and George. I didn't know if you had that planned or not, but I'm I'm glad you did it. <laughs> well, well it was the fourth verse and fifth verse that I didn't have. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> that was it. Uh, folks, it's time for another tale of the week from Uncle Dave Griffin. And uh, this one concerns these two renegades over here. <laughs> Bring out the mugshots. (laughs) Back in the day. Now, back in the day, that's the way to start a story. When my generation of club hoppers used to hop, there was a number of places where young men and women could meet, mingle, dance, and drink. Your night out, out the Jacksonville Highway, Little Nights on Night Avenue, Steve's Pine Room, just over the Pierce County, Ware County line, Hubs. 
where the mall now sits, and the Steakhouse Lounge were my first taste of such venues. Alfonso's, right? Yeah, Alfonso's Steakhouse. First gig I ever played on a Thursday night. In the mid-'70s, Boehner Jacobson opened the Fox Trap, formerly a dry-cleaning establishment in downtown Waycross, Georgia. Around the same time, the legendary Green Frog Restaurant debuted their outdoor liquor and beer garden, calling it the Lily Pad. The Pass Track and the New Bar, two of the early bars I played in, were scenes for a short while. The venues would come and go, just like the bands in Waycross, Blackshear, and Alma, but there were some, some venues that kept changing and keeping up with the times. The Fox Trap, a disco club in its heyday, changed its name to the Expresso and brought in dance and show bands traveling the nightclub circuit from around the country. Homeward Angel, featuring John Smith, Ricky Alderman, and Bill Ferris played there. The King Midas of club owners, Sir Henry Wynn, managed that place for a while, and like all the clubs he managed in Waycross, he managed to make a success of it before getting out right when the getting was good. After Henry left the Expresso, the club lay dormant until 1994 when Marvin Foster, a Brunswick native with a pile of money to invest, bought the night spot and named it after a talented local country band, calling it Alibis. And that was the uh, Waycross Journal Herald ad back in the day. That looks like a dang um, full page ad. It does. Don't. Yeah. He spent some money. Yeah. yeah. Where he the, made some money too. Alibis, where the kicking country never stops. <laughs> So you had a band named Alibi, you had a club named Alibi in Waycross. It was big. It was huge. When George Farr, <laughs> keyboard player in a diverse lineup of Waycross groups from Goldust, Spellbound, and Waycross Express, moved back home from Jacksonville, Florida in the early 90s, he formed a songwriting duo with Bob Tanner, former bass player with the Seldom Blues Band and Hijinks. In 1991, the name Alibi was being used by a high school classmate of mine, Ricky McDaniel, a fine guitar player who was legendary around town for his ability to play Santana's Black Magic Woman flawlessly, note for note. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Alibi's drummer was another of my classmates and former Sweetbriar drummer, Danny Altman. They added George and Bob to their group and started picking up gigs. I might have that history a little bit wrong. Y'all might have started it all and added them. I don't know how that really works. But Following the departure of Ricky and Danny, Alibi added the talents of vocalist and mandolin player too, wasn't he? Stevie Young and drummer Thomas Gibson. And... Lead guitarist, Tony Kaysen. In July of 92, the five-piece group defeated the other local band, Borderline, in a Battle of the Bands contest, sponsored by the local Chamber of Commerce, winning $500 cash and the opportunity to open for Susie Bogus and Restless Art at the annual Pogo Fest celebration celebration on October 17th of that year. 
lead singer, guitar player Skip Sasser, son of Nona Griffin McLeod and my third cousin, sought out the up-and-coming country music group. Once Skip joined and local promoter Cookie D'Amico started managing, all the pieces were in place for what was to become a remarkable run for Alibi. The band competed on Charlie Daniels' Talent Roundup, broadcast on the Nashville Network, and on July 8, 1995, they were announced as the big prize winners to the tune of $25,000. That's one, two, three, four, five, six people in the band. That was almost 4,000-something apiece. 4,000 and change. (laughs) Heck, yeah. Unless y'all split it with Charlie and the the woman on the end. (laughs) I think Stevie wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he said, she touched me. Things really started ramping up for the guys after that. Ron Simpson of RCS Productions in Atlanta signed them to a managerial contract, got them on stage with the major country acts of the time, like Merle Haggard, Alabama, Hank Jr., Tanya Tucker, Diamond Rio, and Sawyer Brown. From fairs and festivals like Country Fest 96 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway to clubs and concerts, Atlanta Olympic concert with Tracy Lawrence. The endless gigs were steady, but it was the Nashville record label showcases that would hopefully provide Alibi with their most sought-after dream, a major label recording contract. The group featured three songwriters, George, Bob, and Skip, so it was inevitable that they put out a CD of their original songs. Their debut effort was produced using former Waycross musician Jim Bickerstaff's mobile recording van and offered 10 originals, including Bob's Put It Down, which we just heard a song about substance abuse that inspired a listener in Dublin, Georgia, to write a special letter to him. After two years of constant performing and promotion, Alibi was approached by a booking agency with a lucrative but non-stop touring package. Without the hoped-for record deal and missing wives and children at home, the group hesitantly decided to ease back from the busy road life that their success had brought them. Skip finally decided to leave the group, heading to Nashville to seek out songwriting opportunities. The remaining members of Alibi, not ready to give the band up entirely, brought in a new lead singer in the local Scott Nickel, and in 98 with a female vocalist, Katie Stevens of Blackshear, Georgia. Eventually, the successful group played their final gig. An emotional reunion took place in June 2019, seeing all six members of the award-winning Alibi gather together to play a benefit for Skip Sasser who ended up losing his battle with cancer. Friends and musicians united in generosity at L.L. Creek Bar and Grill to raise over $6,000 for a dear friend who is greatly missed. What came across most to me that evening was the love that those six band members of Alibi still held for one another. 
It's hard enough to put a band together and keep it going. Through successes and failures, from juke joints to concert stages, in 15 passenger vans, rental buses, and airplanes. But Alibi did it. They did it all, and they did it well. Yeah, that's good. Mm. And y'all did. Y'all did. Now we hope the Braves follow suit. (laughs) (laughs) If the Braves could only be like Alibi. (laughs) Well, guys, we surely do appreciate y'all being on tonight. It's been been a minute trying to get it (laughs) to fall into place with. uh, Sorry, I had to cancel last time. No, it was was on all sides. I think it was all four of us, as a matter of fact. Got a job, go to it. Once it it happens, it's good as gold. So you'll play us out? Yeah, play us out. Uh, you know that one? Uh, what was it? Excuse me. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey. <laughs> Elijah? Two-time World Series winners, folks. <laughs> the Hot Atlanta Braves. It's bottom of the eighth. It's still two to one. Hoo-wee. Still two to I'm, one? I'm getting excited. Still two to one. And I, I appreciate y'all watching. Hope y'all are still excited about something. Water podcast. We are. And uh, remember to ease on over there to patreon.com for a $5 a month subscription to our Deep End episode. Comes out once a month and it's hairy. Yeah. <laughs> Support your local musicians. Oh, also, yeah. yeah, support your, local, your local musicians. Go go to where they are playing, folks. Go to where they're playing and uh, check them out at least. You know, you don't even have to tip them. Just listen and clap every now and then because we like it when you clap. <laughs> Guys, thanks again for being on. Love y'all. Enjoy. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. It was a pleasure. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. Hey.